0: we've got here is failure
1: to communicate. Some men you just can't reach.
2: Are you looking to take your knowledge of faith to the
0: next level? Oh, yeah. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, broadcasting from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The podcast hosted by
2: four pastors as they discuss relationships, faith, pop culture, current issues, and much, much more.
0: Welcome back here on
1: Post-Christian
0: Pastors. We're back. Shh, don't tell anybody. We've been gone for a long time. Oh my goodness. We have been gone. People have been wondering where we've been, and there were a few theories about that. Some people thought we were colluding with the Russians. Other people thought that maybe we were lost in a hurricane or eaten by that freaky
1: clown, It. (laughs) So... So who knows, but well, welcome back. We I, are back. I heard that some people thought we were silenced, silenced by the administration. The man. Uh, the man <laughs> came by, and us. <laughs> by he who shall not be named in the administration.
3: No, we were just too lazy to get together and
1: record a podcast. No, not lazy. It's just Busy. A,
0: yes, but we cannot be silenced.
1: We are back. Yes.
0: We will leave it a mystery to where
1: we've been. Wandering in the wilderness.
0: Yep. So I'm H- in the Flowers. <laughs> I'm Mark Helsel
3: along with John Price. And Michael P. Arnold. And guess who's not here? Our Mar- millennial friend.
0: Our millennial friend, Marv Nelson. Unreliable. He's probably out finding his way in his millennial something, journey. Feeling he's, something. Still, he's still in the wilderness. He hasn't found his way back. Trying to get the feels.
1: They dropped us they dropped us out in the <laughs> wilds of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and
0: yeah, actually that's, that's what <laughs> happened to us. We were abducted taken the, out into the middle of nowhere and it was whoever survives pastor survival camp and we left mar behind actually <laughs> The bear started chasing us, and all I had slowest. to be was faster than Marv. He's the slowest. So I cracked him in the knee, and the bear ate him, and we all made Alrighty, it. All
1: righty,
0: then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Survival Marv. of the fittest. That's the
1: way it is. Marv, may Marv rest in peace. May
0: have Marv. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll find his way. He has kids. He's got kids.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. Got to care for those Marv kids. Marv just gonna be here. He was actually doing some pastor stuff today. Yeah. Them.
0: Marv's yeah. being a good pastor. Yeah. So he's not here, but we're back. It's good to be back. It is back. miss you guys. It's great to yeah, be back, and so and actually, we have a great topic today. Uh, the title of our podcast is called the F-word. <laughs> so, F word. Oops. Yep. So watch your F-word? mouth. <laughs> watch your I've mouth. Heard that word before. <laughs> so the F word, but it's not what you think. It's actually the word failure. Failure. We're yes. talking about failure. Like we have failed to get together lately. Which, yes. Yeah. And uh, It was a good summer, though. Everybody had a good summer. I actually went to summer camp with John. I went to summer camp.
1: Yeah, I didn't go to camp. I went to camp with John. Yeah, we shared bunks. What's up with this? We didn't invite
0: you.
3: I was left out of camp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fail. That's where Marv died. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we killed Marv. Shout out to Ligonier Camp and Comfort. It was called Spring Lake. (laughs) There was like a crazy Uh, hockey mask dude there, but Marv didn't make it.
1: Uh, He's like
0: he's like the guy who doesn't live in the like he's the first scene. You know, Kevin Bacon was in the original. Was he? Friday thirteenth. Yeah, he dies really quick. Probably he has remember. sex. If you have sex in a
1: in a horror, horror movie, yeah, you die. Yeah.
0: We need to Maybe this. that's what happened tomorrow. to Marv. part of the <laughs> right. It's
1: true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. No, we went we went to family camp together. So. That's nice. Yeah. Yep.
0: Wonderful, I took guys. my family. John took his. It was a good time. That's really good. So, uh, but we have failed to get together. We're talking about we had, failure today, yes. which
1: is in a lot of ways for a lot of people. Even worse than the actual F word, right? To, yes, to, to fail. Yeah, in our culture yeah. today, no one likes to fail. Like
0: you cannot fail. Like it is uh, up and to the right all the time. Failure is a big thing. It's a it's a it's a difficult thing for a lot of people, uh, especially it's in not ministry. Really, it's not ministry. difficult for the Cleveland Browns. They seem <laughs> yes. to be experts at <laughs> <in laughs> failure. It's true. We brought in a failure expert, Mike, <laughs> right. who's I lived with fail- what is the wait? What is the name for the uh, Cleveland Browns stadium again? House of, or what is it called? They call it something the factory of sadness. Factory of sadness. sadness. Yes, yeah, I love that. I heard that multiple times uh, this summer, but we got to give sad. you props for your Indians yeah. who yeah. set the the record for most wins in a row. Wins. Did 22. they lose the next day after did, the 22? It, 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 yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I lost track of it. But, um, failure's hard in ministry. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. We have a great gra- mm-hmm. guest, Chris Vitarelli, coming in. Failure in life. Uh, a lot of people feel like failures because in America they're not uh their lives are not as perfect as is portrayed on Instagram or right. Facebook or whatever and they feel like they're failing compared to they look at right. other people's lives. Let me ask you guys this. I'll tell you a story then you you tell me your story. Um what is one of the funniest failures you've had in your life? What what is one of the uh epic failures that you had uh in your life that something that happened um I had a I had one uh actually just about a year ago. A year ago I went to speak on a camp uh and I was I was speaking for this camp. And you know, I thought I did a great job Friday night. I had a awesome as a youth camp. It was great to get back to doing some of that. It was about 200 and some kids. So I did that Friday night. Saturday morning I started not feeling so well, mm. but I like I was losing my voice and but had a good Saturday and, and then Saturday night, I I did I did the I did the Saturday night talk too, mm. and I just kept going downhill. I was going downhill, downhill. Made it through. I was taking medication to get through that, and I was staying because the camp was full. I was staying at the at the uh, camp director's house in a spare bedroom. Ooh. Saturday night, I got so sick, I started throwing up Ugh. like in somebody else's house Ugh. on the floor, like everywhere Uh, like i was so made it no i made it i made it i had other issues too i'm not going to talk about the other side yeah (laughs) yeah the other side of it um i had made a mess i had both issues going on i was so sick i'm in someone else's house i'm two and a half of three hours away and i couldn't i couldn't move and here's the thing on sun i could not finish the retreat first time in all the speaking i've done i could not finish the retreat i had to say to him I can't. I literally acted like stayed at the guy's house oh. another night because I wow. couldn't I couldn't drive home. Sorry, I Mark cannot so finish the talk. Backpack. He has <laughs> diarrhea kids. It was such an epic <laughs> failure. It was so embarrassing. It was so horrendous. It mm. was it was almost as bad as the time I bowled a one. <laughs> um,
3: how about you Mark? When my average was uh, like
0: 145, and I had a game a where one. I bowled a
1: one.
0: No. Yeah, I was like 13 years old. Is that old. even possible? I was at a bowling alley. I wow. was in a I was in a league. Yeah. <laughs> bowling alley was a fond place to me. I had my first kiss at a bowling alley. You were so but I, that was not a, a failure. You were in a league
1: <laughs> and your average is 145.
0: It's not five, and what you bowled she a said. one. I bowled a one. I could not I wow. could not stop wow. I couldn't I kept throwing gutter balls. I could I got so frustrated. I literally hit the one pin on the last ball oh, of the tenth frame man. or out of bolt zero. Wow that's... your
3: athletic ability is amazing <laughs>
0: I know i was I was an athlete as we know <laughs> yeah. from earlier podcasts that's right so I I'm a premier athlete premier if you athlete. didn't know that yeah, that's
1: right yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see one of my failures uh thankfully turned out uh to a uh, happy ending but uh when we were living in in d c <clears throat> uh Megan and I had just been married for maybe a year or two at this point. And we got tickets to the what was then called the Kemper Open. It was a, 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 a uh, golf you know, golf right? golf yeah. outing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everybody's there. Greg Norman, Tiger. I mean, it was a big a big event. So we're there, and we're sitting in camp chairs along the along the uh, fairway, and gets Greg Norman comes right over, hits right in front. Of, I mean, it was pretty cool. We got to yeah, see nice. some some great golf. Well, I'd put on um, I'd put on sunscreen because I'm pretty fair-skinned guy, and I need yes. sunscreen on. But I took my wedding band off to put on sunscreen, because I hate getting stuff underneath my wedding band, right? Mm. And I had put it on my lap. So I put the sunscreen on everything, and then I forgot to put it back on my finger. Oh, no. So, you know, all the golfers go by, and the gallery gets up and leaves to move on to someplace else. So we got up, left, went, watched some other holes of golf and everything. We're getting ready to leave. And uh, Megan looks down at my hand, she's like, Where's your wedding band? And I was like, uh, uh in my pocket. You're so like, I wait. took
0: that off last week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so I went to, went to grab it out of my pocket and it's not there. And I'm like oh. uh, she goes, Did you lose it? And I was oh. like "Oh,
0: How long have you been married at this point? Like a year. Oh, you're done. Yeah. And your doghouse, yeah, man. And
1: she goes she just got so mad. And she's like, Is that on the fairway? Out there? and I'm like Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So she storms off. So we so we so I follow her. And on the way out of the event, I stop at the uh, at the at the um, event coordinator event coordinator. And I said, Hey, I just lost my wedding band. If I come back with a metal detector, will you let me on the course? (laughs) And since it was like, since you're it, gonna be that guy, yeah. Well, since out every, there, <laughs> wharp, 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 wharp. My, my my marriage, <laughs> my marriage is in the balance. Oh yeah, you'll course. do anything, man. You'll do anything at that point.
0: So, so <laughs> you'll be down on full of hands and knees.
1: Since all the golfers had passed that part of the course, they said, "Yeah." So I take her home. I go rent Seriously. I go rent a uh, metal detector. So where do, do you, rent you rent these things at? I like, you know, rent all place. You know, they have those. Nice. Mm, yeah. yes, I didn't know so, that. We need to get these yeah. things and so, see what kind of treasure we can I, I find. I literally. Or find what things are buried in my backyard. This is like 5 o'clock on a Saturday, so most places are closed. So I literally drive like 45 minutes. The only place I can find that's open. Yeah. Get there. Rent the, rent the thing. Drive back to the course. And I'm out there. دي 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 trying to find. I mean, I, I know like a general area where yeah. it was. But so I'm out there for like an hour, and I'm just. Did you find I'm, it? And finally, right. Right, I was like just about ready to give up, and it goes beep 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 I'm like look down, and there it was. Oh, in the so this is an epic failure and success. Yeah, and so you know I, I go back. And then the hallelujah, course. So I go back, and I like tell the people at the uh, at the event uh, coordinator, and the story ends up in the newsletter no. that they send out. <laughs> At the, end of the event. Oh! <laughs> about this. So, yeah, it was... He has
0: documented failure.
3: Was documented. Your wife, was your uh,
1: wife happy then when you came home? She was happy, though. She was... It still took her about a day <laughs> to, get, to get over
0: the... <laughs> the and the how fail. many of her hundred dollars you had to use to <laughs> rent the... A... Now that I know you can
3: rent those things, you might see me around town walking around <laughs> seeing what kind of treasure I can find next to the road. Then that
0: yeah. would be failure. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that's you will have reached failure. I want you
1: to drive by with your kids and see
0: that's Mike. Oh, look, honey. <laughs> look, kids, there's there's Mike. But I don't think Mike's either on the street. I don't think Again. either
1: of our stories <laughs> hold a candle to Mike. Oh no, Mike's is awesome. I've well, heard it. I've heard it. It's great. Well, right,
0: I've had
3: Multiple failures in my life, sure. But I think one of the most embarrassing ones was when I was uh, the chaplain for the University of Akron Zips. They're a football team, Division One football team. They play out of the MAC, and it was a year after 9/11, and they had this big thing they wanted to just remember 9/11. And so they brought in the fire department and the police department and the mayor. And made a big, big ad in the paper, and it, I was leading this moment of silence and remembrance this of nine eleven a year after nine eleven. So there was a huge so ad in the paper. It said, "Come and remember those that lost their lives." Well, a special moment of silence being led by Pastor Mike Arnold. My, pa- my name was right there in the paper in the middle of it. Big nice. deal. So. 30,000 uh, 30, people. 30,000 people. I'm all excited about it. I pop out of bed, and this is a big deal. I never had to lead anything or speak. So I had this brief thing where I had to share and then lead them in a moment of silence. And they the band plays. Um, there's this crescendo moment, and then I walk out, and I lead the moment of silence. And so I'm supposed to say this paragraph that I wrote to kind of introduce it. And I went to speak, and the gentleman handed me the microphone, but he had headphones on, and he didn't give me the headphones, he just gave me the microphone. And I went to speak, and I said something like, today we gather to remember, and I and I spoke, and I there was nothing, I couldn't hear, and there was a delay, and all of a sudden the sound came out of the far end of the stadium. <laughs> And as I tried to start my the second sentence, my my brain couldn't process the words, and so I started. I'm like going today because it didn't want to end the word. Pastor words, Mike or, is drunk, and so I literally was like today. Remember? And I just made these horrible sounds that were confusing to me and all thirty thousand people that were there, and people just looked at me. And no one was silent for the moment (laughs) of silence. I, I didn't know that. I, no I was silence. silent. I put my head down. I had a moment of personal silence. But everyone else in the stadium was talking, and then I walked away. And I remember walking oh. back to my senior pastor who was there, and he goes, Hey, next time you get an opportunity to do something like this,
0: which still has never happened, he goes, Make sure. <laughs> the, the
3: story has been.
0: <laughs> you've been blackballed from moments of silence. No doubt. He goes, Make sure
3: you uh, you get the headphones as well. That way you can, you're, you can actually speak. <laughs> And I'm like, Mike. good to know now. So it, I was so embarrassed.
0: Uh, was Mike a, Arnold is the Colin Kaepernick of moments of silence. He
1: <laughs> was horrible. It's, it's been like, blackballed by the I remember by the everywhere, People every ministerium,
0: at me and going. What is he saying? <laughs> what? 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 I'm speaking in tongues or Hebrew or <laughs> something.
1: It was. You should. That's what you should have done. Yeah, you and guys you didn't get that. Off you guys
0: like... didn't get the Greek. Come on. <laughs> What's going on? You guys didn't get that? Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm like obviously more laity. spiritual than you. You. Laity. <laughs> you, laity. you peasants, you did not uh, understand oh, my fail. verbiage. Oh uh, so those now. are pretty good failures. Yeah. But what about so let's talk about for a moment before we, we bring in our guests, let's talk about um failure in ministry. Mm. So um all of us all of us have failed in ministry. And um, at different things that we've done wrong, but, or, or, you know, just not gone well, or we've also had lots of success. All three of us have had lots of success in ministry. Um, I think, you know, what our guest is going to come on and talk about too, is like, how do you determine what is failure? What is success? Because I think that's very, uh, you know, as even as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, when am I being successful? Because success is almost an idol or is an idol mm-hmm. in America. How do you measure success? How do you measure failure? Because that's really difficult. I, I mean, I'll tell a quick story, but I can remember I worked at a church. Mike and I worked at the same church. And uh, we, were, uh, we were raising money uh, to build a, uh, a bias piece of property to build a brand new church on and i remember the the fundraising letter that was sent out to raise money for this and it 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 talked about well how amazing it was it was a church of about 1500 to 2000 at that time and it was like it was amazing how awesome our student ministry was and they were using the student ministry saying well we have like 500 kids in our student ministry between middle school and high school and they were using this number as a success preaching this to other people. But at the same time, we're telling me that I was failing because our high school ministry was only like 150, 200 kids. So, Mm. so (laughs) you live in that world where I was living in that world where I was watching what I did based on the numbers I had based on that saying, Oh, that's a success out there to people. were saying, Oh, what a success this is. But personally was being told, that my ministry was a failure because we should have 500 high school kids here instead of 150, 200 that we had that came around. And so that could really mess you up. It can really mess you up. You go... What is success? Is success just the numbers, or it's based yeah. on somebody's arbitrary well, belief or number, is, what it should be?
3: Whether yeah. someone else's expectations are of your own. I mean, right. you could set your own expectations as well. We all do in our minds. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I was uh, restarting the church I was a part of now, it was a complete restart uh, from like literally 18 people. And I remember I would have this vivid dream on Saturday nights that the only people that would be there would be my wife and two daughters. (laughs) And I had to like get good, you know, with that. I had to like just say, you know what, if it is, then my family's going to get a good sermon today and and I'm going to still preach as as hard as I possibly can. And I'm going to love them. And God bless that. And over time, the ministry has grown and it's a much healthier place today. But that was my own expectation. I was wrestling with. I, I wanted something bigger, and I wanted to, to reach more people, and I wanted to be more effective. And in, in whether it's numbers, or you're trying to see, you really want to see an individual grow closer to God, or take a step in their own personal journey. Uh, we all set expectations. Absolutely. Whether other someone's laying on top of laying those expectations on you, or whether you set it yourself, or yeah.
0: somebody, or somebody you know listening to this podcast who's not a pastor, yeah. who says. Um, how do I measure if I'm successful in my walk with Christ or my business or whatever, um, they might be wondering what does God require of me or what, what is God disappointed in me Mm -hmm. because I'm not progressing the way that maybe somebody else is, or I don't, I don't see it, but you know, discipleship isn't always, uh, a move forward. There are steps backwards. There are, I remember Mike Yacinelli and you especially, he was drawing, like, um, what does discipleship look like? And he said, like, you know, in America, it's always up and to the right. And it's like, it's that, it's that, it's that graph, that chart. And he said, but then he drew discipleship and it was like backwards and down and all around. Mm-hmm. He said, Look at look even in the, the, the the disciples, look at their discipleship journey. Right. It was not always a forward progress, it was backwards, it was down, it was as low as it could go. And and I think uh there I mean if you graph Jesus' ministry on a graph chart, it wouldn't look like the American no. way of success. Even Jesus Himself, Said that. if you if you looked as just purely graphed it out, you one might say, "Well, this guy's a failure." Right, like this guy's not not succeeding.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I think Chris will get at later. And the thing I appreciate about his book is that uh, he talks about this perceived failure versus real failure. Yeah, and I think a lot of times in our culture in the church. Whether you're a pastor or whether you're a member um, of, of a church, there's this, there's things that we perceive as failure, right? Because we've been told that success looks like this, and everything that's successful has to look like this. Right. And so, anything that doesn't look like that, whether it's in our personal lives, or whether it's in our church churches, we think it's a failure. And a lot of that is really just perceived failure. It's it's really not actual actually real failure. And so, I think that's. Really something I'm looking forward to hearing from Chris is that idea of, you know, we, I think, as as Mike said, we, we tend to, either from other people's expectations or our own, create these unrealistic expectations of what success looks like. And so um, when we don't reach those, we think we've failed. Um, when in reality, we've actually maybe even succeeded in a lot of ways right. that we hadn't sure. even or thought closer of. Success Or closer to success than we were. Right
0: before exactly well it is the f word here on post-christian pastors it's failure and we're going to be talking about it and we're going to be back in a few moments with our guest chris vitarelli and he's going to share with us his thoughts on failure as a church planner as a christian and so we hope you stick around we're back you're back here on post-christian pastors stay tuned young love is what they had some said way too soon she wore a white dress on a Sunday afternoon
1: He was a wreck held together by his father's tie At the altar reading vows, trying not to cry
0: That's what I call a trust without limitation That's what All right, I welcome back here on Post-Christian Pastors. Hey, guys. Everybody ready for this? Yeah, yeah. excited. We're bringing in our special guest today here on the... Uh, look at failure, the F word, in ministry so often. Never done that. Yeah, <laughs> never failed. <laughs> never failed. This guy has never failed. No, he's <laughs> but he actually... A, but he wrote a book on it. <laughs> yeah, he wrote a book on how pastors never fail. That's right. No. So. <laughs> I've <have> observed <laughs> others fail <laughs> and learned a lot. Right. He's. <laughs> <laughs> so our special guest today is Chris Vitarelli. Yeah. And uh, Chris... Is a pastor. He's uh, in his 19th year of ministry. He is uh, the pastor at Road Community Church in Fenton, Michigan. He's been there since 2011. He's a graduate of Cedarville University and he earned his master's degree in 2015 from Liberty Baptist Theological Seminary. I wonder if he has any good Jerry Falwell stories. I I don't know. I think that's the same, right? Yeah, Liberty Baptist Seminary. I don't know. We'll ask him. After 11 years as a youth and associate pastor, he was a youth pastor. Woo, woo. All right, got to give him a shout Shout out out. for that. In uh, Lakewood, New York, up near where our own John Price was was birthed?
1: No, I wasn't birthed. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Weird. I was birthed in Pittsburgh. I was conceived? No, I was birthed <laughs> in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, I was, you were okay. conceived in Pittsburgh too? <laughs> I, yes, as far as I know. I grew up. <laughs> I, I grew. I grew up in Western New York. Yeah.
0: I need to know the whole story. No. And, then, the and then, and then Chris—we're distracted. <laughs> then Chris was called to Michigan, like we just talked about, where he's been since 2011. During his first year of his church plans very interesting he ended up like merging with another church yeah. so it's a very interesting story maybe we'll talk about that his wife is Jody they've actually produced a singing album together called to hold you Ooh, nice. sounds like smooth jazz there a little bit. We'll have to talk to him about that to hold you. And he has written two books, Strong and Failure in the Balance, which we're going to talk about today, nice. about failure. He is also the host and creator of the Small Church Big Deal Conference, which is actually in two two places around the country uh, coming up here this fall. One of them is pretty close here to Pittsburgh. He is, uh, He it's been the third year for that, and Chris and his wife Jody have four kids, Gabriel, Angela, Landon, and Sophia. Good names. So welcome, Chris Vitarelli. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. This is cool. Awesome. That
1: was was like the longest intro ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome to Post-Christian Pastors. We are glad you're joining us today from Michigan, right? Yep. Yep. Sitting in my dining room, just hanging out with you guys. Nice. How is life in Michigan? what's that where's fenton by the way
2: okay have you guys heard of
0: yeah do the thumb <laughs> do the do the, the do
2: the hand thing if i could yeah if i could do it i would show you we're just we're just below that 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 joint where the thumb you know meets the hand we're just in uh, there you okay. know to the, just inside the hand a little bit yeah, we're, we're actually near flint if you've seen the flint water yes. thing on the news yeah. we're just south of there by about 15 mm. minutes how's your water our water's great okay <laughs> can That's you drink good. it I do All oh, right, that's
0: okay. good. We, I have fond memories in Michigan. I love Michigan. John and I have actually spent a lot of time at camp up in Michigan. But
3: on the western.
0: But on the other side. I always side.
3: like it when Ohio State beats Michigan. <laughs> Wait,
0: has that happened recently? I well, it's very interesting. Yes. It, you know, it's it very has. interesting, Chris, that we're going to talk about failure today. <laughs> because Mike is a Cleveland Browns fan, so he knows all about failure. Oh, yeah. um, you're also joined by two Steeler fans. But Mike knows all about failure. But his Indians and his Cavaliers have had a pretty good run.
1: Yeah. So, yeah a little bit of success. Some success.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, the Indians yeah. set the record. Yeah. It's so nice. pretty cool. Yeah. So, hey, Chris, I'm going to start off by asking you a question. So we're talking about failure. You wrote a book called Failure in the Balance. Kind of tell me about, first of all, why you wrote the book. What's the premise, kind of the book, when you're talking about failure, I believe, in ministry and success in ministry. So tell me a little bit about why you wrote the book and what what was nagging at your heart to write the book?
2: Okay, well I think uh, I, I'm like a lot of other church planters, pastors that um, you know we started in ministry and had an idea in our head of what what we wanted it to look like. what We wanted the church to look like what, you know where where we wanted to be at a, you know certain stages in the development of the church. Right. And and follow the playbook. Yeah, yeah, follow yeah. the playbook, right? A plus B plus C always equals D, right? right. Um, and we just kind of had been, uh, you know, we'd read about it, we'd, you know, been talked to about it and just been encouraged, like, you know, this is what you've got to do. And I think I reached a certain point in the ministry where I just said, man, this doesn't look anything like what I thought it would. And I, I felt like either God had not been listening very carefully when I was praying because he didn't you know answer in the way that I
3: expected him to do what I want you to do God right.
2: yeah right <laughs> that or, is success <laughs> right and that, or, or I just didn't uh, I wasn't doing it right but I Chris we somehow. really know
0: you didn't pray enough
2: <laughs> that's <really> yeah that's <laughs> it too I was vlogging myself because I had not <laughs> uh, on my knees. But no, I just, I started to feel like I just was missing something. Like I had really blown it here. And, um, and, and I started to really get down on, on what was going on in the church. And I just through a process of, of a lot of prayer and just talking with, with others and just exploring what, what it was that I was really supposed to be doing. I thought, you know, I can't be the only guy that's working through this, like squaring up the reality with with the dream. You know, I, I can't be the only guy that's looking at those two things and going, man, something's something's not right here. And so I said, you know what, let's let's take everything that's happened, everything in the church, let's throw it on the scale and let's let's weigh it out. Let's see if if this is really failure. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's actually success and I'm just looking at this wrong. So that's where the title came from, Failure in the balance, kind of throwing everything on the on the scale and seeing how it how it came up. Um, so yeah, that drove me to to write this out, just kind of write my journey of you know working through those issues and trying to determine what really constituted success in the church.
0: Well, what what did you come up with as far as what you felt was successful because I think that most people listening to this whether they're a pastor or they're just a congregant they tend to look at I shouldn't have said just a congregant. That's not right. But they are a congregant. Do you congregant. call them congregants in your church? No, I don't. Hello, congregant. Hello. I address them that way, yes. <laughs> Laity. Yeah. I... <laughs> Laity. You're
2: just a layman. Dear
0: layman. <laughs> listen to my Romans countrymen. <laughs> Lend me your ears. <laughs> um so uh we uh so when. what did you come up with like because I think if you're an uh, a church person, let's just say that in America, you know, it's usually bucks, butts, and uh, what's the other one? You measure success by bucks, you know, how much money's coming in, how many butts in the seat. And, um, you know, m- mostly it's that. So most pastors and even inf- look at and influence. And right. influence, right. yeah, our platform, yeah, platform nowadays. Yeah. So people look at it, that's their real success as a minister, or even they feel like I go to a successful church if, if they have lots of people or lots of money or they can do mm-hmm. cool stuff. So how did you, what did you come up with as were markers of success or maybe how pastors or people in the church tell themselves that well, my church is a failure?
2: I, well, I think, well, going back to the success aspect of that, you know, I, this is really radical, but, um, what I, what I, the conclusion I came to was really just two questions. One is, am I being obedient? You know, am I just doing what God has asked me to do? Because that's all I can do. I can, I can't do more than that. I can certainly do less, but I I can't do more than that. So am I doing what God has asked me to do? Am I simply just offering all that I am to God and saying, I'm going to do what you say? So am I being obedient? And then am I being faithful you know, Jesus talks about the, the person who uh, puts his hand at the plow and looks back isn't fit, you know, to, to follow, not fit to um, to come after him. And so that's a question that I ask myself a lot, is is my hand on the plow? You know, am I doing the work? Am I being faithful to what I've been called to do? Because again, I, I can't do more than that, but I, uh, I can certainly do less. So I need to make sure that I'm being obedient and faithful. And, and I think we get into a mindset where we we think we can somehow do more than that i got to go beyond that and i've got to do this and i got to do that i got to do all the things the books are saying um but i think resting in that alone um and resting in what god can do through our simple obedience and, and faithfulness um that to me constitutes success you know just accepting what he gives through those things
3: Chris, quick question for you. And just you were talking a little bit, a little bit about being, you know, a pastor in, in ministry. What do you think the, the state of the profession of the pastor is today? What does that look like?
2: Oh man, I think oh, it's it's looking more and more like um, and feeling, I guess, too, like more and more like like business, hmm. um, very very corporate in a lot of senses. I I talked to a, a gal um, who sit on a board together here in Fenton, and she wanted to talk to her pastor about what we do on the board and she asked if she could have an appointment and he said yeah i've got some time six weeks from now and <laughs> that's available and it sounds like now. this group wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and i go you know that's something that's missing there right. i think something's wrong there I, I and i do think that the church growth movement you know that I'm sure you guys have talked about, know about, you know, that, that really came out of the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, really boomed um, through the last part of last century. Um, it really emphasized that pastor as CEO model. And I think that that's, uh, that's not what guys go into ministry for. I know it wasn't my, you know, idea. It wasn't, you know, I didn't want to go in and be um, making a lot of managerial decisions and things like that. I wanted to shepherd people. And so I think there's we're struggling. I think there's some senses in which we're headed back in that direction. We're starting to, re, you know, pull back a little bit from that past year CEO thing, because I know it's been talked about. I've read about it. Um, but we're still I think we're still in the midst of that, um, of, of pulling back from that high pressure, you know, managerial CEO kind of mindset and, and getting back to what real shepherding is all about. Um, I, I talked to a lot of guys because of this conference who are really, they feel stuck in, in a lot of that. You know, even in a small church, they just feel like, man, I got so much administrative stuff to do. There's so many expectations in that arena that I don't feel like I have the time to to really spend on the preaching and on the shepherding and on the things that, that are really making a difference in people's lives.
1: Hey, uh, Chris, this is John. Um, I love the uh, the subtitle to your book, Letting God Write Your Ministry Story. Um and I, I don't think that just pertains to you know kind of vocational ministry I think sure. how would you um, could you ex- expand on that expound on that a little bit about um, what that looks like uh, to you um, how you know uh, any of us as followers of Christ can uh, can be uh, encouraged by that
2: yeah I, I talk a lot of in the book about identity. Hmm. And, uh, just about accepting who we are. And of course, a lot of that flows out of, you know, our gospel identity and understanding who we are in Christ and all that. But when it comes to just the, you know, just everyday, you know, just, uh, Christians and, and even pastors, we've got to, we've got to find our identity in, in the gospel, in the truth about Jesus. We also have to find our identity apart from what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, I think for, for pastors, I'll speak to that first because it's sure. just that's where I'm at, but uh, I think we, we let uh, the world around us tell us who we need to be as a pastor. Like I was just saying, you know, the, the whole pastor, CEO model, a lot of the conferences I went to were always about, um, you know, hit leadership so hard, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership and you got to get this right or your church is going to collapse. And and, and so a lot of times it's the doom and gloom thing. And I think that we let outside pressures dictate who we need to be, how we need to do ministry, um, what it should look like. And again, back to that definition of success versus failure, you know, you should have X amount of people in your church by the time you launch. And after your launch, you should have, you know, this many people attending each Sunday. This is how much money you need to be effective and things like that. And I think we've got to we've got to look. Step back and look at who we are apart from ministry, apart from what everyone else is saying, and and just let let our identity be defined by what God is telling us, where He's leading us, and that again that goes back to the obedience and faithfulness yeah. part of success in ministry. Let yeah. God determine the the path. Go go ahead. Go ahead. I think
0: I've seen you know uh, over the years. Uh, this is sometimes really hard to get your your hands around because you you feel like. You were taught, like, if we do this, this, and this, and this, then this will be the automatic result. And you know, I've seen, hmm. I've seen churches that have funneled, like, I, the one church that I I worked for, they they pumped over a million dollars into two church plants that they did over the years. One when I was there, one when after I had gone. <laughs> But, um both of them failed. Um, both of them failed wow. when they did everything, resources, everything by the book. And then I've seen people who have done nothing by the book and who just had a totally different look, totally different. I mean, they didn't they didn't follow the the playbook and ended up with, you know, a, a thriving church, you know, I'm not going to say it was hundreds of people or whatever, or maybe it is. But I think that that I think I what I've begun to learn for me, this is my first time in a a church startup or a church plant, is that you can do a ton of things right and it could still work or not work. And then you could have a ton of things go wrong and it's still it still work or you have the combination of both. I, I don't think there's any there's no, there's no magic formula, which I think people think there <laughs> there's is. There's no silver bullet. There's secret sauce or whatever, which is going yeah. to make this work. And, and so it forces you to fall back on those things, faithfulness, obedience. But those things aren't sexy, and those things aren't things. In fact, a lot of pastors, faithfulness and obedience can get you fired because yeah. you're not producing what people think you should be producing.
2: Well, I and mean, I think we look at Christianity a lot of times and ministry as as a lot of doing. And I think if you look at what Jesus was after, he wanted us to be, mm, you know, yep. more being than doing. And yeah. uh, and I, I think, you know, we, going back to what you were just saying, the, the whole magic sauce or whatever, you know, um, there's a lot of great guys out there that are kind of saying what I'm saying right now. Um, Carl Vaders is, a, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He wrote The Grasshopper Myth, and he's a, yeah. he's, mm-hmm. um, a speaker. There have been at one of our conferences, but he he likens this whole idea of, you know, I guess if you were, were to put it in his terms, you know, the letting God write your ministry story, he would say, look, there's churches that um, aspire to be, uh, I think the term he uses is Ikea, you know, there's churches that aspire to be Ikea, but the reality is they're a Starbucks, you know, or they're a you know, there's something very different than that. And instead of, you know, these churches trying to be something they're not, they need to just be what God has called them to be mm-hmm. um, and, and do things in a formula. I mean, if you can—I would love to to go through Scripture and find, like, the formula, you know, if it's in there. <laughs> right. Maybe there's a secret <laughs> Bible code, you know, like in the Old Testament. we you know Ooh, the bible code and
1: that's a great yeah. book title oh, there
2: you go chris there's your next book i think that one's, right. think that one's taken Five
1: steps to success <laughs> well
0: don't you know the rapture is happening this month too that's right that's true so they've on, decoded yeah. that that's it's right. happening in like a few days yeah that so makes... i don't know why we're doing this podcast what the heck? <laughs> it's like
3: come lord jesus we're, we're
2: done afraid, guys we're done we're <laughs> out <of> here so. <laughs> i'm going you on joined... vacation
3: till the 23rd have you ever gone to September? ikea just to eat the meatballs <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I've been. Totally have you, have stuck you ever on that.
0: gone to IKEA just to eat the meatballs? I yeah. have. I've so, taken my kids there because so, they eat for free. So Chris, meatballs are pretty. Yeah. Cool.
1: So you know, I think that's what you're saying is not just for the local church, but I think it's even for, you know for individual believers, right? Absolutely.
2: T- Absolutely. I mean, you guys remember I wrote about this in the book as well. There was a book that came out um about a I don't know a decade ago now but called uh, called The Prayer of Jabez. Yep. You know, oh, know man
3: remember and, that yeah, remember, yeah. expand that's my true. territory that's right
2: yeah enlarge my borders that's right. uh, th- that was i mean there's some really good truths you know in there i think it, you've got to find something to do with first chronicles right i mean you got to you know mine it for for something there but
0: um, the, the it's
2: got the, to find it's, something
0: to americanize that's right
3: build the empire
0: we have to monetize chronicles got to do whatever we can to monetize chronicles
2: Uh, (laughs) oh people people looked at that as a formula i pray this prayer and and i'm gonna get good things i mean it's not too far off from you know the blab it and grab it or you know prosperity and claim it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so You know, what's wrong with just just doing what God, you know, calls you to do, what you feel led to do, and then just trusting him with the result? I know that's crazy. Because that just,
0: Chris, that just doesn't tweet well. (laughs) That doesn't look good on
2: Instagram. It
0: doesn't. Let me ask you a question on
3: failure because <laughs> you are the expert on failing for us, Chris. So, well, Chris is the I'll, expert I'll on failing. I to dive into that. I That's mean, what he wants on the Whether his it's resume. in in ministry or whether it's in life,
2: I mean, what what role does does failure play in our lives? Yeah, Man, I some of the some of the greatest lessons I have learned have been because of an epic fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give us one. You got to give us one. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this goes back a ways. I could give you, I'll give you a, a personal, like just life one and a ministry one. And sure. in terms of my life, I was, I, I still remember 16 year old having the worst temper, um, childish really, just an infantile uh, temper, uh, tantrum kind of stuff. And I tended to, to smash things. And uh, anyway, this is, this is ridiculous. I was out on a putt golf course.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And... If there's one thing that can inspire rage, (laughs) did you smash like one of the lawn art things? Oh man, I went. It was a hippo. It
3: was
0: a hippo.
2: The lighthouse, (laughs) lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, I went nuts. Just the idea. It's a two-foot putt, and I still remember (laughs) my mom. She just she grabbed me. She pulled me close, and she said. This is, you are embarrassing me. You know, you're mm-hmm. acting like an infant. Have you even looked at what you're doing? You know, I mean, she just laid it out there for me. And I looked around and sure enough, yeah, I had an audience. <laughs> it was a failure of self-control. Mm-hmm. I mean, just inability to to gauge, you know, what was going on around me. And honestly, from that day, I, that was, I, things changed. I mean, I dealt with and got the temper under control. Um, in terms of ministry, though, uh, you know, there's there's been numerous times where I've put in a ton of work. I mean, uh, hours and hours, weeks and weeks of planning and putting like a, a some kind of event or group together for purposes of ministry to advance some, you know, cause or purpose in the church and had it completely just, just fall flat, like nothing, you know, zero, all right. the weeks mm-hmm. of work, all the, all the effort just... Nothing. And then having place. to, you know, put a wrap on it, stick it in a file on my computer. And and that's that, you know, and what you learn from those things is that uh, and, and I can I can think of a couple where it was like, this isn't really what God wanted me to do. This is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I thought this would be a good thing. I thought it was, you know, the thing I heard about at the conference would be the next big thing in our church and I was going to make it happen and uh, ultimately it wasn't what god was was wanting me to do and i was the one that spent a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. uh, just to fail but i had to do that in order to learn hey you know why are you doing this it's not what you know god's saying it's not what i want you to do yeah. That's good. so I, you know i think that failure failure just i think highlights our need uh for god it need highlights our need to pay attention um, and, and do what he's calling us to do but I also think that sometimes God allows us to trip and, and you know fall on our faces a little bit. Um, it certainly keeps us humble um, but in terms of in terms of ministry I think it just it, it really just hones and, and, and sharpens uh, you know what our focus and what we need to be working on. Um, I, I've done these conferences uh, two years now and the first year we had 40 people. Nice. And I had to run that number through my grid mm. and go, Was I obedient? Yep. Was I faithful? Yep. Okay, then these are the people that God wants at this thing. Right. You know, others might look at this and call it a failure. You know, like, man, you spent all this money, you advertised this, you brought the speaker to California, you did all this. You only had forty people. Um, well, Yeah, I had 40 people. I mean, that was great. I mean, that was awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, You know, so it really depended on on how I was able to view that. And um, and previous failures enabled me to look at that with the right perspective. That's good. That's great. Um, Chris, talking about
0: like uh, small church, big church, mega churches, small church. We actually had Warren Bird on a few episodes back or way back. We have talking about um, mega churches and mega church pastors and stuff like that. Do you think in America there is a move away from megachurches and towards something different? Uh, maybe the millennial generation looking for something different. Do you think there'll be a move away from megachurches? Or do you think there'll be a move towards? And, and what, what do you like about megachurches? I mean, because they are so often seen as successful uh, expressions of God's kingdom.
2: Ooh, okay well there's a couple questions in there i guess yeah. let me say as far as the moving away or, or toward you know i would have said maybe a little while ago that we were moving away um but it's hard it's hard to you know to get a snapshot of just where i am because we do have we have a bunch of mega churches around us i mean we're talking uh, we got Kensington. We've got Woodside Bible Church. We've got 242 Community Church. We've got Northridge. All of them are in the, the 10,000 or larger range. Big.
3: Yeah. Well, Man, that's not really. Quite
2: there yet, but they're, they were on Outreach's list wow. you know, a couple yeah. years ago. Um, so I think people are still really engaged by and drawn in by the mega church. I think they like the arena feel, I think they like the, uh, the the lostness of it, maybe that's not the right word, but they like the uh, the anonymity, I guess that's a, probably a better way to put it. Right. Um, but at the same time, I've had people come to our church, which, you know, we, we have maybe 80 to 90 people on any given Sunday morning between both campuses, and they come and they say, man, we just needed a place where people knew us mm-hmm. and where we could know people. Yep. And so... I think it it really kind of flows ebbs and flows. Um, I do think given the climate of our culture though, the mega church will begin to fade. It'll begin to decline and the reason is because I don't think as time goes on uh, American churches and American Christianity is going to be looked on as favorably yeah yeah so no, I
0: I, I, you know it's been interesting for me I've spent I spent almost my entire career working in mega churches and so I kind of knew how to do church that way. And then I came here uh, to the river where we started with maybe twenty people, fifteen, fifteen people that were left here from a previous church that we took over their building, and they they just kind of stuck around. I don't know if those people knew where to go; <laughs> they were just <laughs> st- they were lost in the building. Maybe I don't know, but they stuck around. They're great people. I'm not picking on them. They're 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 great people. But um, what has been interesting for me is because then. I think for the first I've been here almost five years. It'll be five years in January, is that I've kind of felt this I uh, maybe it was all I knew, but I wanted to run this almost like a mega church in a way, like I had the same way I looked at it. And I've just and after, you know, some failure, I'd say a fair amount of failure and things that I thought would go well that didn't, and then some successes I didn't think would happen, I've started to try to look at this church differently than everything that I was taught, like we're, you know, we're one of the things we're going to do this fall is we're going to take one Sunday a month and we're just going to be out serving or doing something with our people. Cause we have like 80 to a hundred people and we can, we're mobile. We can do that. You know, I don't have to move 3000 people or, and just try to in my head, look at, we actually can have a better opportunity in some ways to be the church like to go be the church, to go do church rather than just show up to church. So yes. I've been learning as a pastor on my twenty eighth year, just trying to figure out, um, you know, what does it look like. And and a lot of that's really appealing to me. It's really appealing to me that, hey, we're going to take our Sunday service, move it down to the homeless shelter, and do church for them. Mm-hmm. To me, there's something very appealing about that on a Sunday morning that I can't do with a mega church.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a totally different way of, of thinking about ministry. I know um, when I was in the, in the assessment phase and then in the planning phase of our church, church plan, I remember reading uh, somebody's book, and I'd forgotten by now, it's probably not even on my shelf anymore, but they said something to the effect of, you know, even if there's only 30 people in the room, preach like it's full. You know, right. and, and stuff like that to try to to try to bring that big church feel to a small group, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that when we do that, when we try to wedge, you know, mega church principles and ideas into what really amounts to a small group, uh, I think we're doing those people a disservice. At the same time, though, there's things you can do in a small church you can't do in a mega church. Like, I, you know, you <clears throat> mentioned mobility. Um, that's awesome you can change on a dime you can switch things up you can say hey we're not here next Sunday we're gonna do this instead Um, but then there's the proximity factor you know to someone the proximity that is someone who loves you who knows you who cares about you Um, I I'm doing something that's unheard of in a church of you know I would say 500 or more maybe even smaller than that but I'll sit down every week and I'll hand write like three or four cards to people in my church just go hey I prayed for you this morning How's this and you know such and such going? And I mail it out like with an actual stamp. Right. And it's,
3: it's old school.
2: What's that? And people <laughs> come to me funny. on Sunday and they're like, "Thank you for your note, man. That just meant so much to me." And I'm going, "I'm shepherding you." That's how, I mean, I don't say that, but that's what I'm doing. I'm 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 in proximity to you, so I know you, and I can love you and express love in a way that that you know a pastor in a church of a thousand can't. Mm-hmm. And so there's some really cool things about. Being in a small environment versus a, a, a mega environment that I think we've got to latch on to. I think we've we've looked at size, you know, for so long as being this high ideal that we've forgotten the ideals of being small and, you know, just the just the cool things you can do with a group of people that you really know. A, a lot of small church pastors don't realize they got some credibility. You know, they, right. they, they can get away with things that a, a church of a thousand can't because the people know him personally they've been to his house they know his kids you know they've seen you know his backyard covered in you know toys or molehills <laughs> or whatever you know he, they know this guy he's real
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so that that's and if i was a
0: mega church i live in a gated community anyway so you can't <laughs> get to me <laughs> Whoa. okay i shouldn't have said that <laughs> well, we could edit that out um. hey hey chris we really appreciate you coming and talk to us a little bit about failure and success and ministry and all that stuff and whether you are a pastor listening to this or or you're the laity that um, that you can congregant. the congregant. <laughs> there has to be some other words I'm missing that would be really good right about now, but I can't come up with any
1: Par- parishioners. Parishioners probably, parishioner, there that's we probably go. a better term. Yeah, like yeah.
0: parishioner. Okay. Um, I, it reminds me of some of the things you said of this old quote. and I think it's John Wesley, which says, "Work as if everything depends on you, and pray as if everything depends on God." And I think that's a you know striking up. A balance where we work really hard in ministry, or we do ministry really hard, but we also leave the results up to God. And um, God has called us simply to faithfulness, not success. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, reminding ourselves of that over and over and over again is a good thing. And you've done that for us today, so thank you for reminding us of that. So we want to play a little game with you to wrap up here. You ready?
2: Let's do it. Okay. You okay yeah. with
0: that? Okay, yeah, you went to Cedarville College and Liberty University, right? They're known for games. <laughs> they're they're just known for all out fun, uh, party school. <laughs> Liberty is a party school, right? Liberty, Cedarville. <laughs> I think at Le- C- Cedarville. You weren't allowed to wear jeans
2: back in those days, were you? No, no, that was a game we played. Like, how close to denim is <laughs> this? That's the game we should play. How close, close to, to
0: denim, denim can you get? It's <laughs> so great. Yoga pants. Oh <laughs> no. no men's men's no yoga pants. Absolutely. Pajama no. pants. Pajama jeans. Pajama jammas. Oh man. That was All right. How close? That's but I. That's I don't even freaky. think we should play this game because that anyone we top. To a,
1: anyone who went to a Christian college How close knows to exact.
0: denim, or we
3: used to play. I went
1: to, I went to that liberal college Geneva. We college used to at Geneva. We used to play. How close Isn't that, to dancing. Isn't that a camp? Without
0: dancing. I thought Geneva was a camp. It's not. Shut up. All right. We used to play Geneva. How close you could get to dancing without dancing. That's right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this game is called, uh, I'm going to call it Gladiator Games. You ever see the movie Gladiator? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you know how they give either the thumbs up or the thumbs down? I will win the crowd.
1: I will give them something they've never seen before.
0: Yes. Success or fail. Success or fail. You're waiting for the thumbs up. (laughs) You get to be Commodus. You get to do the thumbs up or thumbs down on these things. So we're just going to throw random
1: stuff at you and you oh, give it either a success or fail except for since we're an audio podcast you have to say success or yeah fail. You, can't, you can't just say <laughs> you can't just use your thumbs. you sorry. can't just say can't you see
0: my thumb i'll move my thumbs just so everyone yeah can imagine we're it. just doing it just yeah uh, all right, right. so you ready are you ready i'm ready all yeah. right so we're going to cue the music you'll hear that in post production maybe a quote from gladiator all right um okay so here we go number one success or fail sean spicer
2: Success. Woo! He gets the yeah, a after success. man spoke his mind. He loves his family. That is his go. Alright, Sean Spicer. Number gets
1: two. The Christmas decorations out before Halloween. Fail. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Epic fail. <laughs> that or, is failure. Or the people that just leave them up all year round, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, I got a couple of those in my neighborhood. I've
0: had my Christmas tree up all year this year.
1: Oh Yes
3: you did. I did. I, I just know. changed,
0: I take the bulbs off. And I change it into different things. Like one year was an Olympic tree. Oh, <laughs> failure. I got
3: so many thoughts that I said, nice. "Is a fail." Is, uh, thumbs down. All right, number three, the new Spider-Man
2: movie. Success, new fail. Uh, you know, I can't say I've not seen. Oh, movie. okay. Well, you're a fail now. Then. <laughs> I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I agree.
3: So. I have too many
0: important things to do to watch Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm gonna but, give it a thumbs pay. up. I'm gonna give what? it a success. Okay, number four. Chris, a DC Talk cruise. Ha, huh, ha, huh, heaven bound. Um, DC Talk reunion cruise. Fail.
2: I got to go with a fail. Oh, oh, this is not the, he's not down it's with the DC just Talk. It's not the same, guys. It's not the same.
0: That's true. He's not down with the DC Talk. Older rockers are it's, kind
1: it's of just, It's just, you know, awkward. that ship has sailed. Just... <laughs> <laughs> orang, 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 way to go, John. Uh, nice joke. All right. all right, number five, Chris, men's rompers. <laughs> Hell! <laughs> <laughs> the romper, the I bro, bro. So
3: looking forward to my worship director coming in <laughs> in a romper
0: one Sunday morning. And so. Have you seen nice. a guy in a men's
1: romper? I've yeah. seen him
3: on the internet. I've yeah. not seen them in real life.
0: Yeah.
1: I think um, they just live on the internet. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. I don't
3: think it's everybody. real. It's just a uh, fake news. Yeah. All right, success or fail, meatloaf, the singer, <laughs> and not the meal. <laughs> success. Yes! Because
0: I would do anything for love. People love no, them yeah. uh, That
2: guy,
0: he could sing. But I won't do that. What wouldn't he do? What was yeah, that he, one thing? But
1: I won't do it that. Was What's the mystery? That was the uh, youth group uh, version of... <laughs> nice. <That's laughs> what what, Make what room for that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what about
0: meat? Oh, that, I won't do that. Right. Listen to Meatloaf, kids. <laughs> <laughs> teenagers, do anything for love, but not that. That's right. What about Meatloaf the food? Oh, that's a success, man. Oh, yeah. there's mm-hmm. Thumbs up, that's too. Nice. All right. Okay, so uh, number seven is Donald Trump tweeting. Fail. It seems <laughs> childish,
3: doesn't it? <laughs> oh, Look,
2: I mean, it just take, seems Take weird. away the phone, shut down the Twitter, or at least, like, run them through a, a grid or something. Like <laughs> I think group they're of already folks. doing that. I think that is already filtered is the problem. <laughs> Are you serious? That, oh, Damn. man, what's a fail? Oh, Who
0: is a fail? Nice. Who is a person that he could run it through? Like, we need to have, like, a person that we know of and go, you got to run Scott everything. Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt? Who's yes. that? From, From ESPN. ESPN. Oh, just run it through him. Yes. And then he, like, talks it out. He's oh, like, this Dan folks. Patrick. Any Dan Patrick. <laughs> Those would be, they'd be great. Okay. All right. Number eight. John. Um, the lumberjack look. The lumberjack look that everybody has these days. Oh, fail. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, comfortable with the beard. What's it? You know, it's big, which I didn't realize. Is the beard oil? The beard uh, oil. The, yes. The, the beard oil. Yep. You just put all that beard oil in, yeah. and you just smell like.
1: I don't use it because I keep mine pretty short. You smell like yeah, a winter stream. If it gets any longer than this, you really have to use the beard. You smell oh, like a winter ooh. stream. All right, is I got it? another
3: one
2: for you but, here, Chris. But, uh, you know, I, I I just don't do the like the plaid and the boots and all that. I no, he's uh, right? got to cut beard. Yeah, it's in. Everybody's got a beard. I mean,
1: I think that fit everybody. in. That probably fit in Michigan there, Chris. Don't you
0: think? Yeah, how's yeah. the beard look going in Michigan? Is everybody wearing beards?
2: Oh, yeah, there's some pretty fierce ones around <laughs> yeah. here, you know. Sure and, and I got to say, you know, if, just to, for future reference, if if two beards meet, the longer one gets the right of way. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. nice. I know. That's, I good. Know. that's like
0: a beard driver's manual. I like that. <laughs> kind of yeah, like a just m- need to know that. beard yeah. etiquette. It's like, I
3: think when beards get too long, they become face mullets. <laughs>
0: Is there such thing as beard <laughs> etiquette? Like, if you have food in your beard, is that a good yeah, or bad it's thing? Not a good thing. All right, no, let's not move not... forward.
3: Rolled ice cream. Have you had this craze yet, where you like make the ice cream, roll it out? I had this
0: the other day.
2: Yeah. Uh, no.
0: You haven't had rolled ice cream?
2: No. I have not had rolled ice cream. So, so
0: you're no. like a sideways. You don't get a thumbs up it's or thumbs down. I would no. give it thumbs up. It's a little pricey. Yeah, it was tasty. seven bucks a cup. Yeah. That's yeah. Still, it's And cranberry. It's not worth. Kids it. have to share.
1: A yeah. <laughs> no, I'm new. I girl. get my own. And take it. Like to go to go get ice cream takes like an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> so when there's a line like there. Rolling it, it really out. Cool. Yeah.
0: It is good. It is
1: good, and uh, the presentation
3: is very well done. It is. I mean, you got to go at odd times. I think I ate it at noon on Sunday. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs>
1: After church. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody's at Denny's, and you're going for I've, ice cream. <laughs> I've eaten ice cream. <laughs> so, uh,
0: so Chris, you got to put that on your list to try out rolled ice cream.
2: Nice rolled ice cream. I okay, here we go. Dinner. Number
0: ten is the word bay.
2: Oh please that's failure.
0: <laughs> I see it all the time man everybody's like, on oh, my bay. I'm on Facebook or at Instagram I'm like hanging with my bay. <laughs> My pastor, Bay. Uh, I don't want to ever be that. You know, yeah. we're,
2: no, we're going to look at that in a, in a couple months from now like we look at the dab now. You know what the I mean? dab, and like, yeah. Like, what? That's, that's totally a failure.
0: My kids do that, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, what are you? You look like you're having a seizure. <laughs> I try to do it, and my kids make fun of me. They're like, yeah. you're not doing it
1: right. <laughs> doing it
2: right. <laughs> I can't do it right. Uh,
1: all right. Last, last one. N- number 11, pastors in skinny jeans. Uh, mm,
2: fail. No, yes. he got the fail. Yeah. yeah.
1: What about ripped skinny jeans? Uh,
2: <laughs> no. I've got a guy in my church. He says that if I show up in skinny jeans one week, he's gone. He's out there. <laughs> he's, he's got out. He's, he's good, good, good discernment. That's, good, good, yeah, that's That good is just, the gift of discernment. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for playing Successor Fail, Gladiator Games, whatever we're calling it. Thanks for being our Commodus and giving us, uh, giving us the lowdown. Hey, uh, before you, we let you go, tell us a little bit about the conference coming up. It is called what is the name of it again? Small, I know it, small, small church, church big, big, deal. big uh, deal. Tell us about those conferences coming up. The bo- the books are called. Uh, we didn't ask you about your album. Um, oh, hold you i need to know is it yeah
2: what's well, that al- technically who's, that was my wife's who's... album okay? okay so she wrote most of the music i just sing with her on a couple tracks is She talking about holding is she, you is she holding you or is jesus holding um, you both <laughs> yes jesus rocking rocking her gently to speak. Oh, okay. Okay. Like i'm it. just kidding i'm kidding no, <laughs> i need that to, sometimes jesus, but no. to hold you so um is it a love album no, it's just it's just you know Christian songs, you know things that she wrote back. This I think we recorded cool. it. This is a long time ago. Is it on, on iTunes? Two thousand two? No, I doubt it. Okay, but if you give me you know give me your address, I can send you. A nice. Oh, Dude, we will put it in our one of our songs. Yeah, it'll be, like it'll be one
0: of our. Yeah, we'll put it in one of our intros. at some point yeah. one of our transitional songs. Alumni song. That's a first ever. Okay, <laughs> so tell so tell us tell us about the uh, conference coming up.
2: Okay, so um, yeah, September 28th and 29th in Fenton, and then October 6th and 7th in Mount Pleasant, PA, not too far from you guys. Yep. Uh, we have Small Church Big Deal, and we're having uh, Tim Suttle, who's the author of Shrink, come to our Fenton <clears throat> event, and then Carl Vader, the author of The Grasshopper Myth, um, also a blogger at Christianity Today. Uh, he'll be at the Pennsylvania event, the 6th and the 7th. Now, uh, the, the the first day is just, a, it's really pretty cool. It's one of the things I like about it being a smaller conference is that the night before, at 6 o'clock, i gather anybody who's in town, kind of an early arrival thing, they get to hang out with the speaker, do some Q&A, just kind of get to know him a little bit. And then they come in the next morning, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, for a full day of of uh, just teaching and seminars and um, just, you know, learning. So uh, the, the cost is $70.00. Uh, we we the thing is, what do you get for that seventy dollars? You get, uh, you know, like I said, some one on one time with with the keynote speaker. You get some workshops, but you also get some great giveaways. We do we try to give stuff to pastors just to bless them, uh, and encourage Chick-fil-a. them. We have an on-site bookstore. Nice. Um, the food is always good. Um, we try to you know just we, like we've gotten barbecue. I mean like ribs and stuff. Mm. Oh yeah, chicken, I'm coming. Like, I'll be there. Good. Okay. Mark uh, good for a meal. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean it's 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 a great event. Um I you know, guys have really been blessed by it year by year. They they write me and just say, Man, this was this is awesome, this changed my life. One guy told me he says I only go to two conferences. I go to small church, big deal, and I go to the Alistair Begg conference in Cleveland. Oh, nice. I'm like, wow. Uh those are the two, you know. That's but uh, he really just resonated with the message and was encouraged and he's coming back. So,
1: That's great. so uh Chris, is this is this conference primarily, or just for pastors, or uh, would other, like, uh, church, uh, like, not necessarily those who aren't on staff, but would other church staff be, uh, would it be helpful for them as well?
2: Yeah, I I would love to see pastors with their spouses, I would love to see pastors with their leadership teams there, Um, even people who are leading various ministries within the church, they need this message too, because, you know, the pastor might be dealing with, oh, we're, you know, we're only 50 people, we suck. And the people might be thinking, when is the pastor going to grow this church or something like that? They need to hear that small church is a big deal. They need to hear that. They need to have their, you know, the paradigm shifted uh, and and hear about what the small church is really all about and the, the power they have. So, so
1: it's really, really for anybody everybody. then.
2: Everybody, yep. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: Great. Hey, that's Chris Vitarelli. His books are on Amazon. Pick them up. Failure in the Balance and Strong. Thanks for being with us, Chris. And hold you. And hold you. Well, that's unavailable on Amazon, but listen, don't we'll be, coming be listening for it. I'll post Christian pastors. It'll show up. Hey, Chris, thanks for being with us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take Wild care fun. of Michigan for Cheers. us. Thanks,
0: All right. Chris. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Pastor Chris was great. Yeah, good yeah. Stuff. it was great to hear uh, from him and a great perspective. And you know, we just hope that as listening to this podcast, that you um, don't live in a narrative of failure where you're telling yourself over and over and over again that you have failed. Whether you're a church planner, a pastor, uh, just a, a Christian Person. who's trying to live uh, their walk with Christ, and we hope that you don't see that as a failure. We hope that you don't you don't let yourself Think that God thinks you're a failure, mm-hmm. and um, any thoughts you guys have as we yeah, kind of wrap up?
3: You know, one of the ways that I've been looking at it is that there are some things that we love in small batches or in small products, craft beers, craft brews, those kind of things. And yeah, in fact,
0: that's an area that's got more specialized. It has. than has,
3: and I think there's Personally. a way that if you're if you're leading something smaller today, or if you're in, you haven't achieved what you want to achieve in life, work on your craft, make it make it something beautiful, and just enjoy your craft. And success may come in a different right. way, in a different form, so uh,
0: yeah. I think enjoy that yeah. Or if you are enjoying it, that is success that i is. mean that is mm-hmm. if it god's is. if God's using it and it's brought you joy and um you know I've tried to get to a point you know for me it's been a different measurement of success than in the past of my ministry, like a couple of weeks ago at church we had we had one of the worst turnouts we've ever had i mean mm. it was like Failure Sunday. Yeah, it was like a failure. <laughs> Everybody was gone. Everybody was mm, gone. Now this so week good. it turned back around, but it was like one of those Sundays where you look out and go, "Okay, um, <laughs> it's great. I'm horrible. Everybody hates me. <laughs> I'm I'm just a massive failure." And um, you know what? After that, after that, it really has nothing to do with you at all. No. Yeah, it's just their busy schedule. Yeah, after <laughs> after that after that um, that Sunday, um, I got a note. Uh Facebook message from uh, a lady who told me about this is the first church she's ever felt connected to. Nice. And it was awkward and it, in the past, but she, and she said, you never know how much power your words have Mark." Yeah, and It was like, right, yeah. don't ever forget that. That's awesome. And that same Sunday before I left the building, I had a lady came up to me who's struggling with some life stuff and faith stuff. And I sat and talked to her in an out for an hour after church after everybody had left. Mm -hmm. And I go, you know, I walked away from that going, this is the worst Sunday we've had in a long time. But in many ways, it was
1: successful. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things... Trying to redefine. Yeah, yeah, I think one of the things I take away from uh, our interview with Chris is, you know, partly with the uh, subtitle of his book, Letting God Write Your Story. And I think that's so important for us as believers, to not get caught up in a, a different narrative, but to, you know, to rest in the narrative that God has written for us. You know, Scripture tells us that God has, you know, has established beforehand good works for us to walk in, right? I mean, and so right. if he if he's writing our story and he's established good works for us, then as long as we're being obedient and faithful, we are not failures. Yeah, he knew just right? how much we, we right. had to do. Yeah, so I, I just hope that's encouraging to people listening today. Is that's that true. you know if you're if you're being faithful and obedient to what the Lord has called you to, that He is writing your story and it's, it's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. That's and it,
0: That's a good word. Good way to end. It's a great end. It's a great end here on Post Christian Pastors. It's great to fail with you guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have shown failure big time. Yeah. Actually, in we our got podcast.
0: we got rid of our biggest failure. He's not here today, which oh. is Marv. Oh. We love Marv. We just like to pick on him. We love you, Marv. He's the the runt of the litter. We love to to pick on him. We love Marv. So, Marv, we miss you. We're looking forward to having you back here on Post-Christian Pastors. As always, you can find us on iTunes. Well, if you're listening to this, you found us somewhere. But tell others they can find us on iTunes. They can find us on Podbean. They can find us on almost every app, Podcast Addict. Google Play. Uh, we are on all those things. So look us up. Tell your friends. Download the past episodes if you haven't. Thanks for joining us. We hope to be back a lot sooner than the past. We hope to keep a regular schedule here. So Also, leave us comments on Facebook or look us up on Facebook uh, to find out what's going on at Post-Christian and don't Pastors. Don't forget about big, Small Church, Big Deal Yeah, conference. Small Church, Big Deal Conference. Check it out. Look it up. So, Adios. we are saying goodbye here on Post-Christian Pastors. We're out. out. See ya. Bye, Mike. Don't say anything. Okay, bye. (laughs)